Hello everyone, Confight here. Uh, pardon my voice, I am still uh, getting over a cold, but uh, I just wanted to pop in before this begins and say that uh, we have a Patreon now. So if you, uh, we've been making jokes about it for like the past couple episodes, so if you want to actually get involved and uh, help us out a little bit with uh, hosting our stuff, that'd be great. Uh, every little bit counts, even if it's a dollar, you'll get, we will be recording, uh, premium episodes fairly soon, so stay tuned for that, I, I've, I have some, we have some pretty good ideas for it, and other than that, uh, the stream you're about to listen to was streamed on Vosh's channel on October 26th, so, we had a good time with Vosh, we'd like to thank him very much for letting us on, and without further ado, let's get into it. Good evening. All right, everyone sounds good. Wait, hold on, just to make sure audio levels are good. Zulikov, can you say something? Yes. Perfect. Khan, can you say something? Hey, 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 hey. I'll turn you up slightly. And CMDR, can you say something? Eagle from Subli me. Yep, you're all good. Beautiful. How how are we doing, folks? We doing we doing good. We're we're I just we're, we're good. Oh, uh, okay. We're going to talk about Kurdish anarchism today. We're talking about Okalon. We're talking about democratic confederalism. So, all right, let's get right down to it. So, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Uh, just kind of general impressions of the article. First off, just the of um, Okalon's sort of um, spiel of about how a democratical uh, democratical democratic confederalist society uh, works and operates. Um, and of course, oh god, I, I I just looked at the stream and saw you in your fucking uh, onesie. I love it. Listen, don't That's worry great. about it, okay? It's just Where's a kigu from a while back. Listen, I just I thought <laughs> I thought I would play the part. Oh my god. Yeah. So if anyone wants to kind of have their first impressions on the article or just anything, that'd be we can start off with that, and then we can kind of go into it and see what it actually says and have a conversation about it. So, I didn't do the homework. Oh God, no! Oh, so if I not, could, it's... if I could crib anyone else's notes on this article, that would be phenomenal. 
All right. So um, I can I can give a little bit of a background to who what the PKK are, what they do, and like who Okalon is. So hit us Okalon, up. Hit us up. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Okalon <laughs> is the leader of the PKK, of course, and um, he in the 70s and 80s was um the pkk kind of started out as this marxist foundation and really kind of more led towards anarchism as it went along like it started out very authoritarian left and then started to go more libertarian right the our essay that we read today uh which is just democratic confederalism it's kind of like a man akin to the communist manifesto where it just state lays out the goals of what democratic confederalism is and what it does. And it goes into a little bit of history, um, just talking about nation states and how they operate, as well as just how they, um, how the Turkish state in particular has operated in relation to the Kurds. There's a lot of important history that uh, I think he kind of implies, but he doesn't really mention. Like one of the things that he says, let me find it in my notes. Um, yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to chime in or oh I, i'd love to chime in with one quick thing yeah 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 could you all introduce yourselves please along with this podcast oh, yeah. and what your goals are oh yeah 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 so um i'm confite i am a history major at fsu currently studying um labor relations in the late ottoman empire trying to uh i'm writing an essay on that and then I'm also, uh, you know, we're all we're all furries here, you see. And the goal yes, of this podcast is basically, ooh, ooh, um, the reason why we're doing this is because uh, the furry community is a really good place. And it's a very great um, rallying point for a lot of people who are, you know, gender and sexual minorities. And um, it's a really great place for to form solidarity around this. And then we're using that to, we're trying to use the furry community as a, as a jumping off point to fight for the people in the community, basically. We think the best way to do that is, is through anarchism and uh, doing, the, doing this podcast. We're basically reading theory and we're breaking it down for the working class. Absolutely. The furry working class. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, CMDR, what about you? Oh, um, hi, I'm Athena and... Uh... Not much going on professional. I'm a uh, commission artist, um, kind of a huge stoner, but <laughs> I once... Uh, Are you currently up... high? Yes. Thank you uh, for bringing yourself to this podcast. He, she has never been like not high on a podcast, okay, I don't think. one episode we did it, and that was kind of a character break, so... Well, there, there, was, uh, there was that one episode where we were all drunk out of our but that, that hasn't come out yet but uh i don't know that one um, it's the fourth, the fourth episode oh dear god was i actually drunk uh wow i was drunk but anyways i'm straight edge for all of my streams that's uh, fine. what a hero that's no fun i, I want to see drunk vosh on stream i would love that <laughs> if only i'm alcohol intolerant actually i can't drink oh, at that's all. A shame yeah depression yeah, I used to drink myself into a stupor back in early college, but I did it one too many times, and now my body just rejects all alcohol. Even the smell or the slightest taste of the weakest, fruitiest, most feminine alcohol will immediately make me nauseous. Oh, I mean, God. that shit's, you know, real powerful shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, Zulika. That's a lot. Yes. 
Um, yeah. Oh, I so, hear you just fine. Hit us up. Tell, share yourself with me. So uh, I'm a dragon. I've been an anarchist. Well, I've called myself an anarchist for about 12 years. I've been an anarchist for about 10 years. Uh, blame the end caps for getting to me first, but I'm, I'm better now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I know how it is. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any other interesting qualifications as far as like uh, college or street degree or anything like that. And um, before, so we, before we really dive in, is there a link to your previous podcast that you would like me to throw into chat? Yes, there, there is. We actually just launched our Patreon today as well, so that's going out. But I have the SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify. I believe we're on iTunes. Uh, I've been trying to work with the RSS. We have an RSS feed, and I'm trying to work with that. And then we also have a website. So if you just look up uh, breadpilledfurries.com, that slash podcast, that should be it. Or it's breadpilledfurries.wixsite.com, because I need to pay for Wix. But anyways. Um, Throw the links in chat when you're next available, too. Yeah, G- yeah, general I, I chat. Can... I'll post them in uh, in the in the site. Yeah, yeah. I'm posting them in uh, general chat. Let me grab the SoundCloud, but yeah, we're just getting started, so we've been doing this a lot oh, for a couple of months now. Wait, are you a SoundCloud rapper? I heard SoundCloud. Actually, actually like there were so many bot accounts trying to um, comment on our SoundCloud that were just very obviously like fake SoundCloud rappers. So that was funny. I had to go through them and delete them. Will there be a and musical by- element to today's podcast? Yes. If you want, I'm, I'm not drunk enough to do karaoke right now. I'm not drunk at all, so I need to get a little bit more drunk if I want to do karaoke. One more hit and we can sing. Listen, work on it, okay? Get on that shit, all right? I didn't come here for no goddamn fucking musicless anarchy session. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already one beer really in. We're, we're 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 heading there. Drinking me some Heineken. Good. Do it up. The literature can get a little dry sometimes. Oh, we'll yeah. make it spicy. I actually am illiterate, so all I'll be bringing to this is spicy dialectical analysis of secondhand uh, takes you guys have off the original theory. Oh, yeah. Okay. The whole, the whole reason for this podcast, the reason why it's furry-based is also because theory, let's be honest, people. You know, theory, kind of boring, but furries in theory, now that's exciting. You get that 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 make my pee pee hard. Now, can that's I clarify? But you can oh. actually literally make porn of theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. For one, you absolutely can. For two, that, that I'm pretty sure that's what phenomenology of spirit was. Hegel just wrote it that thick so that his mom and dad wouldn't like you know have the time to peek through it all and realize what was going on between the pages. But oh here's God. I need I need this clarified. Okay, so furry podcast, I'm here for it. I don't discriminate. All right, I jerk it for furry porn like all the time. I'm doing it right now, actually. Uh, my hands are off screen. Now, quick question: Is I this furry? Is this furry like wholesome art community furry, or is this like to prepare myself for the stream? I lube up the XL Bad Dragon Nodinator, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're the other one. I mean, we're we're, we're usually pretty whole. I mean, we, we talk about some weird fucking shit, but I only do that for money. Oh God! Don't talk about him again. Um, so we usually are pretty wholesome, but like you know, we throw some risque stuff in there. I, 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 for for legal purposes on on uh, iTunes, I marked them all as adult content because we swear a lot, and that's fine. So that's yeah, about it. Right. Gotcha. We do, Wonderful. We do say, just clarifying. We do, just clarifying. Oh yeah, yeah. We do we do say some weird things, but that's just you know everyone says weird things, so we're good. Yeah. 
I brought my Chance XL, you know, I brought my coloring book. I've got all flavors of the wholesome to degenerate spectrum available here as a, as a side piece to what we'll be discussing. Oh, hell yeah. You might want to settle on a plushie and maybe a Daki Makara. All right, you can do that. It's so fucking hot in this thing. All right, hit it up. <laughs> I want to learn some goddamn theory. I'm here for Look, it. It's almost right. winter here, so I kind of want one now. <laughs> All right, so Kurdish Workers Party, the PKK. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it in Kurdish, and I'm not going to try. So in the 80s, um, they were started like in mid-70s and stuff like that, and really when they started doing things was after... Um, it was after the coup of 1980. So there was a, in 1980, um, there was a huge coup in Turkey. Um, is in, in in Turkish history, there's a lot of coups. Um, since the founding of uh, the Turkish Republic in 1923, there's usually been about a coup every 20-ish years. That's about how long. Last one was 2013, but they, even then, I the 2013 one is a very much in quotes. But um, in Turkey. For the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't so, the la I'm I'm terribly sorry. Just to refresh, the last coup in Turkey wasn't this like um, the army is sworn to defend the constitution, and every once in a while the army will like seize power from the from the electorate, and then like the whole process starts over again, kind of things. That is exactly that how it is. Huh. That is, that is exactly kind of how it is in Turkish history for the most part. That's kind of the um, idea behind it. But so basically. That is wild. Um, yeah. So, um, Kenan Evren was the guy who led the coup and he had a huge crackdown on, especially on the, um, because Kurdish people in, uh, of Kurdish descent were getting kind of rowdy about things. So he had a huge crackdown on Kurdish. And one of the biggest things he did was, um, the, the government banned the word Kurds, Kurdistan and Kurdish, and you couldn't speak the language in public or in private. So, which is huge because, even like the Ottoman Empire didn't ban things in private life. Like this was unprecedented in in, in Turkish history. This is like insane. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. This. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's a, an authoritarian thing. So after that, basically, what ends up happening is um, the PKK becomes a paramilitary group in the mountains, and it's kind of like um, in the spirit of um, the Rabudos of Cuba. And they sort of do hit and run attacks from the mountains, uh, targeting specifically targeting um, uh, police stations and military outposts. And after that, uh, of course, then Turkey tried to uh, taking a note from the U.S. tried to do uh, some counterinsurgency operations in the region, which basically is code word for counterinsurgency. Usually, when you hear that, it's code word for genocide because you the only way. The, the ideology behind it, it's mostly about threatening people and um, making it so that it is unlivable in the region. Or it's uh, at least un... You can't, like, they make it so that you can't harbor people. They, they don't like it. Like, if you show any sort of support for the, the PKK, they'll just kill you. Well, uh, well typically, like, that's kind of what happens with any um, ethnic independence movement, right? The problem, the sentiment the government is trying to crack down on isn't the militaristic wing of that movement. It's the movement itself. And the best way to crack down on ethnic independence is to crack down on the ethnicity itself. So invariably, any anti-terrorist action against the more radical cells of an ethnic independence movement are going to come across against that entire ethnic group. Wouldn't you agree? 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's how it's going to be in execution, but they're never going to present it that way. Yeah, I would say it is to use um, the 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 academic nomenclature rather cringe of Erdogan. Ah, er- Erdogan's yeah. a whole other whole thing. That's ah, we have, we'll we'll get to Erdogan. It's pretty cringe, the, I would say. The 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 entire AKP pretty cringe. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You but, kids and your. <laughs> weird slang oh and uh ooh, ooh, sorry you have to end every sentence uh, oh, it's yeah. like uh, over yeah, with the walkie talkie yeah. that's exactly what it is we're talking about daddy okalon's bulgy wulgy oh dear god kill me now <laughs> <laughs> oh god so um so now we're in, into the 90s, and Okalon uh, was basically the figurehead behind this movement for a while. He um, Democratic confederalism as a concept kind of comes into play later because, like I said, from the mid-90s, like he was pretty much a um, – it actually had, uh, weirdly enough, uh, it had uh, ties to Saddam Hussein and um, his Ba'athist party. So there was that. So it became – it was still pretty much a uh, authoritarian um sect and then once you start getting to the 90s okalon gets captured in 1999 and there's um basically he they know that they can't kill him so they make him try to say that they uh, to um he was sentenced to death but he actually was commuted to life in prison so they wanted to kill him but uh they couldn't because the Turkey was seeking entry to the EU, because and they, it seemed bad to kill a huge politic or yeah politician, um, just for going against the state. So they didn't like that. It's kind of similar to the Luna Livre situation, right? Sometimes oh, yeah. a, a a person has so much popular support that even if you were going to kill off their subordinates, killing them would probably spark an uprising. Oh yeah, especially in in the Kurdish regions. Um, also, for um, a little bit of a geography lesson, uh, if you're running like where "quote unquote" Kurdistan is, it's pretty much around the um, southern Anatolia into Syria and into Iraq a little bit. So it's that kind of area. Hmm. And yeah, so let me look. I'm glad. All all things told, glad I was born in America. A lot less complicated here, you know, in terms of whether uh... or not I'm going to die tomorrow. Well, uh, it really depends on the... Because uh, I'm white. See, I needed that qualifier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, mm. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, listen. I, I sorry, forgot the qualifier, okay? Very important. A lot of people tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other other parts of the world can be kind of fucked. I'm just... It, for as much of the... I hate dumb centrism, at least we don't have massive amounts of violence, I guess. But... Uh, don't we? I mean, for a first world country, we've got a pretty... Well, there's gun violence. I'm, I'm not, Do I'm, we I'm, have any... I'm sorry. Are there any Second Amendment haters in this call? Disgusting. Yo, what up? I am Yo. a huge... Uh, listen, I live Yo, and die, up? all right? I was born with a silver clock in my mouth. I am 100%. I am a constitutionalist when it comes to the Second and First Amendment. I have so many knives. <laughs> uh, it is... But th- there is a kind of sobriety to it, though. It's, it's the... Um, it's the uh, it's the exporting of violence. America is, you know, a, a, like overseas, a, a purveyor of terrorism and terror and fascist regimes. Domestically, well, we have that 
hmm? mentality, that over there thing we've uh, been pushing since World War II. No, no, it, yeah, exactly. It's it's remarkable. And America, of course, has its problems. I mean, I talk about them all the time. It'd be idiotic to suggest otherwise. But it's interesting how well we've managed to shuffle off the the invariable consequences of like neoliberal globalism and, and, and all of the violence that's needed to keep that system in order um, to the rest of the world. It's almost like literally like commodity, like fetish. <laughs> it's been fetishized in that way. Where it's it's removed from, especially in the public eye. I literally got into an argument with my family today because uh, my uncle works at Raytheon, and I talked oh. to him about it. And I was like, he got like he got like some award or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, um, cool. Great. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but I still don't really like Raytheon. And he's just like, how how dare you say I work for an unethical company or something? Nephew, uh, look, this is the trophy they gave me, hewn from the bones of Afghan children. What do you mean you don't like him? <laughs> I was I was so tempted to just go off on him, but I was like, I I really let him down easy. And then I had other people where it's like, you know, uh, if we weren't for Raytheon, you wouldn't be able to have this free speech right now because they're defending our freedom. And I was like, is this? From what have oh, we ever guys, Ra Ra had to chat? Raytheon is a military corporation. Like, like they're they're a wow. military arm. They're an arms provider. Thing. Specifically, they sell arms to Saudi Arabia. They sell guided munitions a lot, and like this literally, is all war profiteering. Yeah. yeah, it's literally they're war profiteers. They they have made it explicit, especially in the Trump administration. They were just like, hmm, should we keep funding? Like Saudi Arabia is doing a genocide in Yemen. Should we keep funding it? And literally, um. Raytheon uh, had a lo former lobbyist was on Trump's staff, and he was like, "Well, you got to think about the profits." So they actually do have melanin-seeking bullets. It's extraordinary um, how well they have <laughs> I'm monetized. Sorry, what the fuck? Yeah, it they have melanin-seeking bullets. You just fire that shit in the air. Anyone who's uh, anyone darker than like a, uh, than a, than like a cappuccino just gets just from the air. It's like it's like rain. It's crazy. I mean, the younger they are, it's the the better That's it the works. That's the dumbest too. fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it was clearly That's a joke. just good. I was like, I'm sorry. It is not far out there enough. Yeah, it's, you don't ridiculous. know. That's like the thing. Those... You don't know. <laughs> it's, be... it's just one of those things. Like, oh my god, this is a fucking stupid nightmare. In no, two no, in two years, you don't know. You have no idea what they're going to do. No, knowing the fucking exactly. CIA, I did not put it past him that that came up in some meeting in like some dark alley. No, I was just like, this is really too stupid to be a thing, but we are living in enough of a nightmare for this to also be a thing. I mean, that, that's the... To. They just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I, they're wa they're just waiting on that tech. That's one of the big things with uh, 23andMe, right? That's what everyone's worried about. We gave a private corporation almost <laughs> complete understanding of the genetic ancestry of most people in the developed world and like an understanding of how it ties to geography and the actual specific DNA samples of a bunch of people. Who knows what and kind of wild shit. we paid them. We gave them $200 per kit. But I wanted to see if I was like but 1% hey, Native American. But, you know, something good came of it because we are really in a cyberpunk era when someone hacks that shit with CRISPR. Oh, God. Don't talk, Don't talk about CRISPR. Uh, we CRISPR need... will 
post-birth well, CRISPR. It'd be like revolving um, license plates in your car, you know? Like, well, oh, shit, my genome's different. You can't track me anymore, you know? Okay, legitimately, Well, no, at the I same time, you're, you're not... Personally. Yeah, that'd be fucking sick. You guys aren't thinking big enough. With That's CRISPR, like we can become our personas. But we can be the furries we were always meant to be with CRISPR. That's not gonna How? work. My persona's a fucking robot. My my the the per, my perspective on what animal parts I would like to integrate with my body is well known, oh, well publicized, and need not repeating. I will, I will, <laughs> I will. So I'm the uh, first time audience surrogate here who doesn't know what you're talking about listen, and therefore needs it to be repeated. Listen, I love this listen. I love scene. horse dick. Okay, I think that's oh. some top shit. All right, I don't care horse body, whatever. Horses are stupid. Just I'll I'm listen. <laughs> It's, I'm just talking about the meat. And I have to say, and I have There's to say... There's no such things as horses. By the way. True! I have to, I have to say, by the that's, way. That's that, woke. Um, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure we all know this in retrospect. I'm pretty sure 90% of the sales for 23andMe were white people trying to see if they could say the N-word. True oh or false? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, God. Oh, did you see that clip of um, uh, Lindsey Graham going on Fox and Friends talking about 23andMe? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, what she? What that dumb bitch say? He said, uh, um, he, he was talking about, like, at the end of the clip, he's like, well, maybe I'm Iranian, but not one of them Ayatollah people, you know, the, the good Iranians. <laughs> it's a good clip. It's a the Ayatollah gene does not run in his blood. Whoop. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got so fucking distracted. All right, hit it up. PKK Abdullah Okalan, not dead. Yeah, Okalan, not dead. Uh, he's very much alive. Uh, he wrote this article in 2011, and sort of we saw a hu after his imprisonment, we saw like a huge shift of the PKK towards more anarchism, and um, so he writes this article in in 2011, and then he goes, then the YPG. Uh, goes on to um, implement it in in Rojava, as 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 a good anarchist experiment. So that's kind of the, some of the history behind it. We can go further into how it ties into Kurdish and Turkish history. There's a there's a lot to go. There's a lot to unpack. Like I've taken like five like three classes in this subject, and I still don't know everything. So it really goes back to um, so going into the article. We're talking about the nation state. And he kind of he kind of begins with that and talking about how what the nation state is and how it kind of operates. And from the perspective of um, a Turkish historian, the biggest thing to note here is that during the a lot of most of the problems in the region today, can we trace back to uh, the at least between Kurdish and um, Turkish, as well as Armenian and other minorities. There's Greek minorities as well. Um, after the Tanzimat reforms um, in 1830s, the Ottoman Empire was trying to form a national identity. Because before then, the Ottoman Empire was like a loose confederation of things. What they would do is they would just kind of um, let people do whatever. Uh, so long as they paid taxes and and uh, gave money. To, I'm raising to my government. hand. I'm in the back of the class. I'm raising my hand right now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yes. Oh, you in the back. Yes. Okay. I'm reasonably sure the Ottoman Empire is fake. Whoa. I'm pretty oh, sure they. I've just listen. All I know about it is what I learned from Age of Empires. Okay. Can you? So this. So this was a. Just to clarify, <laughs> this was like. 
a largely Mediterranean, like, like it was around the Mediterranean Sea and it was an empire that existed for centuries. And in some respects, it was surprisingly progressive for, for like compared to the, um, the, 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 the sort of feudal European areas. And it was well, broadly. Yes, OSP does have a video on the Ottoman Empire. Damn. Hmm. If only I could read and talk. Um, right, right, right. And it was, and it was largely Muslim and it was, and was fine. And it fell like right before world war one or during world war one. Yeah. Uh, it actually it fell after so 19, 1923. There Man, was a so lot of recent. revolt. Yeah. It, it, it's surprising. Um, it's but weird basically, to think of how much stuff happened in that last century. Yeah. Were they cool? So, Should I stand the Ottoman empire? Ah, uh, there's, there's a cool, there's a lot of cool things about them. But I don't know if I'd be like the Ottoman Empire was actually like really woke and like cared about um, workers' rights. Like literally, like what I'm writing about right now for uh, one of the essays, I, I my research project that I'm doing. They were just like, oh yeah, um, kill all all these people going on strike. Yeah, kill them. Uh, don't. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I don't. Much. I don't stand that at all. That's some cuck yeah. ass shit. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, reading about that, but um, not to get sidetracked. So, Tanzimat reforms. They try to make a national identity, and in doing so, making a national identity requires a lot of a lot of killing and a lot of basically being, like, taking away other people's identities. So, like, it's like doing the Native American thing where you educate them in um, schools. They did this with the, – the Ottomans actually did this with um, Kurdish children – is educate them in, in, in sort of Turkish schools. And then after um, Turkey becomes independent uh, with the, Kam the Kamalist Republic era, uh, Kamal basically rules as a dictator for a little while, and he kind of... Um... Okay, so... Oh, God, I just had a brain aneurysm. I'm going to die. Uh... Oh, I feel like the okay. Ottoman Empire was slightly overpowered in Age of Empires. Yeah, With the Janissaries? Yeah, true. True. Well, they did actually have magic. So That's true. That's true. That can't they yeah. were they were the, the they did have the magicians. <laughs> they had that yes. on us. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I have no idea what I'm talking about in any context. I don't even play Age of Empires. What's a video <laughs> game? What listen. even is a video game? Yeah, listen, just to just to clarify, listen, I'm not trying to derail, okay? Listen, I'm engaging with this content. I'm here for it. All right. We're no, we're, we're creating content. You might even say we're doing labor. Content, homie. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So um when Kamal comes to power, he kind of continues this uh Kurdish repression and trying to especially trying to make he's trying to basically make the Ottoman identity the Turkish identity mm -hmm. and trying to say Ottoman Empire, uh, Turkish Republic is the successor to the Ottoman Empire. And then um, there's a couple of, uh, like during World War II, there's like bouts of liberalism starting to go in. And then in like the 60s, there was that. And then, of course, we get to, um, like we talked about before, 80s, massive crackdown. Uh, uh, With Terry Crews? Yes. No. Uh, so 80s. Night, massive crackdown. 90s uh, is when the AKP starts coming into power. And if uh, AKP is the Justice and Development Party, that's Erdogan's party. Mm -hmm. So Erdogan uh, is, he starts out very neoliberal, and then he kind of turns fascist 
recently, especially after the Gezi protests. In what a shock. Wait, neoliberalism and fascism overlapping to unify Whoa. the interest of nation states against their people? Nah. It, turn it, it turns out uh, when you're a neoliberal and you can't control all of the people in your country, you have to crack down. And the way to do that is by fascism. It's easy. It's so easy. Cringe. Fascism? Cringe. That's what I'm saying. That's what I have to say on the subject. No, oh, you're yes. damn fucking right about that. Ooh. Ooh. So now we get to this article. Thank you. Uh, yes. How 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 it gets how it um, I saw someone in chat asking how it relates to anarchism. So democratic confederalism as an ideology uh, was kind of made up by Okalon while he's in exile. He's in exile on some island. He's basically like Napoleon at this point. Um, he's just fucking exile, and there's like ten like Turkish ships around him, but. So democratic confederalism, it is a way of governing without a state. It's basically democratizes almost everything, everything, and then like has a, a an overarching um, sense of government just for sake of control, or not really control, but for sake of coordination. So it's kind of like going up from you have people at the community level and then you have people at the uh, you, you have it's kind of like a layer cake. You have people at the at the bottom, their community, and they make a lot of the decisions and then they kind of go up to councils and then all kinds of stuff. So and here, wait, here's something that I want to ask you, because this <laughs> is something that I sometimes struggle to define myself. So I'm pretty theory averse um, because I hate reading just totally just very gay. Um, to be honest, and that was ironic. I'm gay. I can say that. Gay. I, I, I agree. Reading is homosexual. Is that Thank because you. I am homosexual? But that's okay. Okay. Yeah. There we go. As long as we're clarifying, it means it's a good <laughs> way. Okay. Um, as long as you know, praxis. However, um, so state and government mean different things. I recognize this, of course. A government mm -hmm. just—it's like governments have existed for as long as humans have existed. Tribal societies, even a family, is a form of a government. If you want to be like very, very minute in its practice, but mm -hmm. a state it ha tends to correlate to like a very specific modernist um, uh, post seventeenth century way of thinking about how you unify the interests of a people together, make them really feel like they're part of the land that they're collectively sharing. How would you describe the difference between a state and a government? So the state, um, the state is what the government is. How? Ah, uh, the state. Really, I, I kind of say that's kind of true. The biggest thing is, is that the state. You have a defined territory with a state. And there's rigid borders, and it's all about, especially with nation states, it's about having a certain identity that um, gives the state a. Uh, what's the word here? Not um, for some reason I was saying what? it gives it a syndicalist. No, um, sovereignty over the people in that region. Is that a Pokemon? No, it's Big Hat Man, like a Sultan from the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> No, I mean no. syndicalist. What the hell's that? Oh, wait, anarcho syndicalism. It's wait, a, it's never it's, mind. <laughs> syndicalism is a bunch of unions. It's, it's a lot of unions. Oh, but, sorry. I thought you said syndicalist, like with a Q. Oh, you. I was God. like, what, like syndicalil? <laughs> so yeah, pop culture reference. So government really is is like government basically forms whenever you have a group of people around. Like imagine like your friend group, and you're talking about going out to lunch. In a sense, there's a government, there's aspect of government there, mm -hmm. but um, 
in a, in a very real sense also what the state is it is is defined territory you have uh recognized by other states is a huge one it has to be recognized by other things like because you can't have a state that isn't legitimized by something mm-hmm. and then also usually legitimized by force though yeah there's a monopoly on force as well is the biggest thing and um yeah the biggest thing is that it's defined territory. The, 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 the so defined, about- defined borders, defined land, consolidated in, into some form of central authority. Not entirely. It doesn't have to be a fully central authority. But there, ha- there has to be some way, uh, some, some bureaucracy by which it is determined that one has jurisprudence over another. And um, finally, a, um, a, a monopolization of violence within those borders. Yes, yes, I, I, I would say that. That's a good. That's a good definition. And then okay. government is just how the people decide to do things. That's pretty much how how it works. So democratic confederalism. What we're trying to do here, and how it relates to anarchism, is that it is an anarchist ideology. It um, is a for the abolishment of the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it makes sense, like going over Kurdish history as we've discussed before, the state has not been nice to the Kurds. The Kurds have been without a sort of state for a while now. And what this article is trying to do is fix the problem of when you have anarchist communes, the state inevitably tries to take over. And so the way to do that... You necessarily need to have something it can recognize as a state all of your own. Otherwise, someone's just going to come in to basically your house and say, this is mine now. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like, Like if you have any resources... This, oh, is, um, I, I'm, this is what's happening right now to Rajava, of course. And it's one of the mm-hmm. reasons why... See, it's, I, I didn't realize this until recently, and I apologize for my ignorance. Um, <clears throat> I describe myself as an anarcho-syndicalist. It's been pointed out to me that anarchists don't believe in any kind of transitory state, so I probably fall more broadly under the purview of libertarian socialist. But um, whatever the case may be, this is something I really worry about for revolutions, you know? It doesn't seem like there's any way to avoid getting immediately dogpiled by your neighbor through a revolution unless you're willing to bid at the power of a state to accept the um the legitimacy granted upon statehood it it seems it's just it's it's very saddening i mean we see what's happening right now in rojava it feels as though um it 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 feels as though um just that the, the ideal form of government is one which is not at this point capable of rejecting unideal forms of government well, this is why I'd say, like, in order for anarchism to truly work, you, it needs to be global. You you can't just have mm-hmm. it be a localized thing because what's going to end up happening is states get by the state around it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's one why I... possible solution is to become militarily powerful enough to uh, fend off these people, at least for a little while, long enough to get them to you know fucking give up. But I mean, it's, it's, the issue is, is that states are, have the most powerful militaries in all of history. Like we, compared to like really earlier times and like kingdoms and medieval kingdoms like that, states' military power is huge. Yeah, we have never seen anything like world. it. Yeah, completely unrivaled. It's very hard to. You can try to do an insurgency, and uh, if we look to South America and sort of what they're try, they were trying to do with a lot of. Um, there was actually anarchism in South America is very very interesting. It kind of uh, goes into um, just how do you, what counter, of course, going into counterinsurgency, how the state fights um, an ideology. Basically, how does the state fight fight something that it 
finds distasteful. And you can see that a lot in South American uh, anarchism, specifically like in Guatemala um, and in El Salvador, of course, with the Sandinistas. You can kind of see the issues where the state's not looking to win in these sort of things. Counterinsurgency is not about, quote-unquote, winning the battle. It's about punishing them so much that they stop. It's about holding on for the longest time. Yeah, well, I mean, we have legal strategies around that where um, the goal isn't to win the lawsuit or, you know, to be found guilty or innocent, what have you, but to wear the other person down and, you know. Trial by ordeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things I wonder, like from a strategic perspective. Let's say you're the Kurds, okay? Let's say, all right, let me imagine. Okay, I'm going to put myself in the Kurdish headspace, okay? Uh, I speak a different language and I like mountains. All right, I've done it. I'm there, okay? I'm in the zone. What would I, how do I, what do I, the, the fuck do I do? Um, because any, any bid at seizing like independent statehood is going to get squashed. Any bid at seizing independent democratic confederalism is going to get squashed. And uh, right, and right now, I'm not saying they're consigned to death right now, but I, I, like, obviously there are difficulties associated with that. Um, what do you, what do you do if you can't bid for statehood and you can't rely on the allyship of other states as, as Trump evidence with pulling troops out of Syria? Do you think there's a way to, um... I'm sorry. We only call him the Tangerine. I got you. Oh. My apologies. I'll, I'll Orange use Man. Proper bad. language. Orange Man. Bad. Bad. Correct. Bad. 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 I, 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 I just wonder if there's any way to consolidate military and civic strength without committing to the kind of actions that get you dogpiled by your neighbors, you know? And that's that's a great question to ask. Okalon goes into it in this episode. He kind of talks about, I'm not thoroughly convinced by it that, that democratic confederalism is good enough to stop a military um, force like the state. But Okalon makes that argument uh, deeply within it. And um, he kind of talks about how democratically you can create a military like it's like the ypg the self the people's self-defense force uh that's what it literally literally translates to i believe but so yeah pay attention so what what rojava is trying to do of course uh is trying to prove the rojava is the big experiment if they end up succeeding in this democratic confederalism is confirmed and it turns out you don't need a state to fight a state in a war um if they lose then it's back to the drawing board so that's the thing we're waiting for right now because the jury's out anything either because like state versus state wars can sometimes uh well okay non-states can lose wars just like states can it's worth noting that turkey has like what the fifth largest military in the planet they spend an insane amount of money on their military it's actually why i had no idea when somebody told me like turkey has a large military and i looked it up i was expecting them to be in like the top 20. their military is enormous i couldn't imagine a worse uh, like a worse neighbor to have while while practicing some kind of anarchist non-state you know it's it's horrifying how large their military is the good thing about their military is that they're also very incompetent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, if you ever look at one of the biggest examples 
during Operation Euphrates Shield very recently, uh, Turkey ordered a bunch of Leopard 2s from Germany and then uh, could, proceeded to lose like five in a day or something like that and just absolutely get murked by RPGs. So mm-hmm. they they have a big military, but that's about all they have. Their, their organization is very, very flawed. That's not to say that they're still not a threat to the YPG and everything like that. No, no fucking doubt. The biggest issue is that when the YPG lost its air support, then Turkey's going to be able to try to fuck them. But it's it's still hazy. The, Turkey is not as big a military as they are. They have huge problems with organization and just in general. There's if you read about any of the fighting on. Um, just the Syrian front right there, uh, you can, you, you'll see this almost immediately. It's, well, not to mention the failed coup back in 2013, right? There has to still be bad blood over that. If I remember how it went down properly, didn't the military try to go in to, like, question Erdogan's power and it, like, didn't didn't catch? But a lot of those military officials are star- probably still in place. That doesn't seem like a very internally stable system. The, the, there is that. Um, but the thing is also, the, with the coup, it's... It, there is evidence to suggest it was staged. There is evidence to suggest that Erdogan staged it himself. For instance, uh, when... That's also cringe. Staging a coup? Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen the video of Erdogan uh, FaceTiming the people? Wait, uh, no? Wait. Yes, yes. Oh, God, let me look it up. What? So so to clarify, it's not Erdogan. It's Erdogan. Have I been been fucking that up? Yeah, you you pronounce G's like Y's, if I recall correctly. Gotcha. To clarify, does this make me racist? Yes or no? No. Are you white? That doesn't mean... It doesn't mean it, it just means you're bad at pronouncing things. Are you white? Not, it means you've missed your daily. I'm white. I'm white. Um, Are you white? No. Oh, okay. No, wait, they, they wait, 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 wait. She said that I'm good. Okay, we're good. Just making sure. Wait, what? Uh, you said I'm not racist. Yeah, no. Nice. Cool. Validation. I've never done anything racist in my life. Wait, hold on. I'm really curious about this FaceTime. Hold on. Oh, it's good. It's good. This I is- have it right here. Honestly, this is the weirdest uh, direction this podcast has ever gone in. Yeah, wait. Oh, hold on, I tried to link. What chat do you want me to link it in? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah I've got it. I mean, obviously we can't speak, but I want to see what the aesthetic is. <laughs> it's such a boomer moment. It's this like is so weird. Why are they doing it like that? Because they don't know how to work with technology. Look at her, look at her phone. Her phone's nearly dead. Look at it. It's at like 2%. You can see the bar up there. I didn't even see that. Oh my god, that's so good. This entire thing could have died. This could have gone so This could have actually gone worse. Imagine so, be, imagine being a fascist and staging a coup and reaching out to your people using a FaceTime that you call a journalist who presents it on the media and then that then that FaceTime dies cuz she didn't charge dies. her phone. Tur- Turkish state media by the way. I believe this yeah. is Turkish state media here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Probably, yeah, yeah. So so what ended up happening was uh one of the biggest like red flags about this was so the military bombed the parliament building, mm-hmm. but weirdly, no one was in the parliament building. So no, no, nothing happened. Like no high-ranking officials were killed. Like Erdogan wasn't there, or anything like that. So it leads us to believe that something was going on. And of course, Erdogan—the stated excuse is also fucking hilarious because Erdogan just blamed it on um, the Gulenists and 
Gulan is this guy who uh, was friends with Erdogan for a while. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of, you know, had a falling out, you know, um, fake friends and all. And um, Gulan lives in Pennsylvania now and is trying to start like a bunch of Muslim fundamentalist uh, schools. So Gulan is in no position to do that. He was literally just trying to, Erdogan was just literally trying to uh, take a, a pot shot at, at someone he didn't so there's that all right oh is turkey um sunni or shiite uh they're sunni okay gotcha um so that means that that means they're um they're they're they have tensions with iran correct yeah they don't really talk a whole lot about so erdogan with the ak with the rise of the akp has been trying to he's done a lot more with iran um Turkey, for the most part, remained after the Kemalist Republic, remained "quote unquote" secular. It's secular in this, even like in the sense of like the United States, where it's like you know they're secular. We are secular, but uh, religious fundamentalists have a huge stranglehold on our. It's kind of the same thing in Turkey, where um, yeah, we're they were "quote unquote" secular, but there was a lot of um, Sunni domination of the government. You mean like the United regards- States where fundamentalist Christian um, like like uh, um, voters like have a massive fucking weight on what our policy is, even though we're yes. ostensibly, yeah. It's it's one of the major re- It's because they're trying to tie it to their identity. Uh, Okolana goes into it's about how nationalism basically replaced religion as a way to form a state. And he kind of discusses oh, that a little bit. And it's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, religion has become a tool of the state. That's how it works. That's how that's you know that's how it be. But so um, yeah, he discusses kind of how the nation state went from going from feudalism, where you had a monarch, where it was like, oh yes, I'm in power because God willed it. Now it's because of well, this person is re- represents the nation. And represents, you know, uh, someone in chat just said Judeo-Christian values. It's exactly right. Very nice. Spot on. Um, but that's kind of how, how it is. And so um, with the founding of the Republic, they, they, they were quote-unquote secular for the longest time. But they, of course, you know, did a lot of things. They, they changed the whole language after the Republic. They, like the, the language that you see now with all those weird letters and stuff like that. It used to be written like, like in Arabic script. Mm-hmm. And then they literally just changed it and said, "All right, make sure everyone uh, learns this." Okay. Wait, do they did they make a Turkey specific set of characters? Kind of. That's they real. Were... That's really weird. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, one of the things is they used phonetic characters, and it looked like much more like a Western language. But old, like old Ottoman looks more Arabic, and then like just Turkish looks like. Um, like a lot of like Eastern European languages now, which is bizarre, but uh, that's just, again, that's literally, they're trying to make a national identity. Of course, uh, one of the biggest things that that did also is people who are um, illiterate, they did a huge program to go out, especially in uh, the countryside to try and uh, get these people literate, mostly because they wanted to teach them um, the new language and everything like that. And also bring them into the fold of the of the nation in a way that they hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. So the there was always an underlying effort of you know Turkishness and 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 propaganda built into 
um, the school system. So that was a huge thing. Gotcha. I mean, not unlike what we've had here in the U.S., yeah, it's it's literally this. The, they 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 took it from the U.S. Uh, uh, educating Native Americans. That's where they took it from, like those prairie schools and stuff like that. Lo- I, I feel like I feel like a lot of yeah, a lot of people have learned from us. You know, um, a lot of the a lot of um, Hitler's genocidal policies were kind of born out from the scientific racism that stemmed from a lot of um, American eugenicists. And I feel, oh, like, yeah. and that, and of course, yeah, well, we have even the, those eugenicists were somewhat derivative. From uh, from earlier, like American influence. Well, no, actually, from oh, somewhat, yeah. Also, I, I guess. British influence, really. The so, pseudoscience is like that have existed long before America was discovered, and there's a big air quotes in there. Well, yeah, but like the thing is, is like the modern sense of the the term. There's been a lot of things that have been pie racisms and things that have been pioneered here in America and taken by other countries for for use just because we've become the global hegemon. Damn, I can't really, believe can't believe Cardin over here defending American hegemony. Damn. Wow. Damn. You hate to see it happen. Cardin, what you're canceled. We're you're canceled. I'm canceled. sorry. Uh, I'm just saying that American um fuck. They didn't invent I agree, it. American, they were um, totally uh, derivative. <laughs> America invented racism. You're canceled, sweetie. It's Donald Trump's CEO of racism. You give him way too much credit. (laughs) Uh... But yeah, that's 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 just kind of how it is. Um, Just because the U.S. has become such a uh, huge force in the world, that's why you see them adopting a lot of our like eugenics policies and doing things like that. Because Turkey's a huge ally of the U.S. during the Cold War. They're the reason for the Cuban Missile Crisis. We put nukes in Turkey. And then they, uh, of course, the Soviet Union got angry, so they put nukes in Cuba. And that's what started the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right, So right. they were a huge asset. They're, that's why they're in NATO. They're a huge asset during the Cold War because they would play ball with America, uh, unlike other people in the region. Like Syria, Syria um, Egypt especially, like the Suez Crisis – America was really pissed off about the Suez crisis. Um, they were trying to do a coup in Syria, and that failed. And then, of course, they did a coup in Iran so that Iran would play ball and uh, took out Mossadegh in 53. Right. So basically a lot of this boils down to post-Cold War politics, or end of the Cold War politics meshing with nation states. And let me see if I can find here. Um one of the biggest things that he also talks about here in, in, in democratic confederalism, he talks also, it's fairly progressive. He talks about sexism. He talks about all kinds of things because of the n- nature of the Middle East in general, because there's a lot of conservative theocracies in the Middle East. Uh, and there's a lot of also dictatorships and stuff like that. But it's one of the things where he's talking about uh, why you see even like one of the biggest problems here, even in the West, there's almost like a fetishization of like, kurdish uh ypg women fighters it's like oh yeah so progressive they're wi- they're women fighting but it's full like the undertext of that is like um mostly u.s imperialism because it's like oh yeah we got to support them and then we got to free them we gotta i mean give them freedom i mean honestly like 
I mean, Rojava probably knew like the risks that they were accepting when they started to um, to work with the U.S. in that area, right? Not that they had a huge choice because they needed the arms and support and everything. And I'm glad they took that option. You know, things might have worked out a lot better for them if it weren't for a uh, <laughs> Donald Drumpf's um, uh, 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 <laughs> withdrawing of troops. Um, but I, but I feel like, um, but I feel like that PR can be good, though, right? I mean, even now there are Republicans who are angry of us pulling out um, and abandoning Fuck the Kurds. Optics. Hmm. Fuck uh, optics and respectability politics. Well, it's not respectability politics. It's getting people from the world's most powerful imperialist nation to think that you're not worth bombing to death. I think that's. I mean, it's something, especially okay, political move. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a very. It's just they're playing the game of politics, and that's how. And that's and a dirty it, fucking game. It's marketable too, because you have all those pictures, all the cute, all the cute like uh, uh, fucking Kurd girls, you know, lined up in their military outfits. I saw so many pictures of that back a few months ago before before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just a little bit. It's just something to think about because they're probably like, dead now. Uh, okay. Hey, hey, I have a little bit more faith. They're they're probably uh, languishing in some Turkish prison, being tortured a lot. Okay. There we go. They're, okay. They're okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you for the optimism. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm not sure which one of those is more optimistic, perfectly honest. Damn. Listen, I hope they're doing. I hope they're doing well. That's what. Yeah. In a Turkish prison. <laughs> in so, a Turkish so, prison. In the end, basically, really um, what democratic confederalism is, and what he argues paper is essentially a system wherein it's multicultural and multi-ethnic like he goes into um later in the piece talking about all the different kind of minorities in the region like he even talks about uh like how a lot of israel's problems would be solved with confederalism and i think there's a little bit of stuff i disagree with that because one of the biggest things is that in israel there's a lot it's a base it's an ethno state um and it's more about people always talk about you know the jews and whatnot but there's a hierarchy oh, no. people who are yeah there's a hierarchy of power because there's ashkenazi the first zionists and they were trying to colonize that area for uh oh god oh, no. no just listen i was no it's just hey israel's israel's an ethno state it's time to talk about the jews now let's name the types there are ashkenazi here's their skull shit <laughs> oh no i'm sorry oh. listen i argue i argue with so many fucking nazis that's all I, I saw that earlier i saw that shit earlier today the brain worms that have infected really you now. spicy that okay listen that was a really fun discussion okay i had a <laughs> lot of fun with that one. Oh god i don't know what every there, every yeah. three listen i have like uh i have like one of those um tickets that you get from ice cream parlors where you get the the sticker every time you go and on the 10th um and on the 10th visit, you get a free ice cream. And for me, it's the N-word pass. Every, if, <laughs> if I can, if I can argue with 10 actually like 20 IQ brain dead conservative grifter black guys, then the 10th, during the 10th one, I get to drop the N-bomb. I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm but on, it's like PG-13, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've just got the one. Right, exactly. I've got three going so far. With, there we go. Yeah. Oh, man. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Of course. We'll talk of, um, here, we'll get, for all of you who have been anxiously waiting in chat, uh, talking about, uh, when are they going to get to furries? We'll get to anarchism and furries here. I, I swear, I, I swear really? I will stop gushing about Okalon and Turkish history for one second to talk about furry history. But, so, 
Trying yeah. to look at your, my notes. So one of the things, like he talks about having the Israelis kind of be brought into the fold in a democratic, um, confederalist way. But I think he's a little bit naive in this regard because one of the biggest issues is like he talks about how uh, he kind of falls into the trap of well, Israel's the only democracy in the Middle East, and it's like, mm, excuse me, um, they're not really a democracy in that sense because there is a class hierarchy ashkenazi jews are seen as much um better anyone who's not ashkenazi or like white passing is in seen as inferior you can see this um especially with yemeni jews there was a lot of jews in yemen that tried to emigrate to israel and of course because they were brown the ashkenazi jews did not like them and they were oppressed and they still are um, I feel when even the Jews want a white ethno state feels bad. Yeah, it, it literally, literally, like um, they just want an ethno, a white ethno state. It's it's not even go, talking about Jewishness. One of the biggest things is that they're letting people um, into Israel now that are just white because they have this uh, this insane idea that they need to outbreed the Arabs or whatnot and 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 all this other shit because they need to maintain their power. That's like the craziness of fucking Netanyahu, that creep. If anything, and, it's and, actually rather unifying because it um <clears throat> it confirms the universality of thought, you know? Anyone, anyone can be can basic be Yeah, anyone <laughs> can be a white nationalist or be basically a neo-Nazi. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish, it doesn't matter if you build the Jewish homeland in response to the Holocaust. It doesn't matter. Listen, we are all we are unified in our collective ability to develop Nazi brainworms. It is, is phenomenal. So Just multi-ethnic ethno state exactly that's, that's what i'm talking about i want a multi-ethnic <laughs> ethno state get that get the aliens out of here uh the real that, aliens uh just mexicans oh i oh. thought you meant literal aliens <laughs> i was like hell yeah um independence oh. day bitch <laughs> welcome to earth um, but yeah, he kind of goes into um, talking about all these different nationalities. One of the things he goes into is the failure of pan-Arabism. And if you don't, if you guys don't know how pan-Arabism was, yeah. it was a nationalist movement that was kind of like the third way. Nasser was kind of the leader of it. He was the Egyptian prime minister for a long time. And he tried to uh, have a pan-Arab union with Syria, but it turns out uh, Syria didn't like the fact that Nasser was just like not letting any of their representatives have any say. So it was just like Nasser's dictatorship. So they fucking Syria left that union. Um, so that was sort of um, an idea of uh, because the the Arab, there's many different um, tribal groups within the Arabic peoples. So pan-Arabism was one of the biggest attempts in the 50s to try to – it's kind of like pan-Africanism in, in that sense – to try to use a nationalist force to unify a, a large region. Uh, historically, it, hasn't pan-Africanism um, uh, plotted out a little bit better? Pan-Africanism is a little bit better. You can have some <clears> – generally speaking – uh, it's it's gone a little bit better. I, I'm not too familiar with uh, the historical um, accounts of Pan Africanism. I only so know I about Thomas. Uh, 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 sorry, Sankara's um, Sankara's yeah. efforts and what that we're, was related to and how that went. I'm pl we're planning on reading one of his books for the podcast. So there we go. But reading. Imagine reading. Hey, well, the whole point of this podcast is we read so you don't have to. 
can we can we do that? Fuck him. <laughs> Wait, we're reading yeah, a book right know. now. Fuck. Yeah, right now we got we got to read all the books right now. Yeah, Wait, when porn, when so. we get this is important to me. When we get to the furry segment, listen, I got some <laughs> I got some hard questions for us to talk about. Okay. Oh. Uh, I'm How hard do you think your questions are? Um, I will. They will slowly increase in severity until I, until I feel like social um social signals are telling me to lay off. Good luck with that. Okay. Because part of being a furry is being unable to interpret social signals. Hey. What the uh, fuck was that? I tried to do gunshot noises. It didn't work. You don't fire the finger guns. Are you insane? I, I never said I wasn't insane. Uh, we clown world anyone? Everyone's got a little Joker in them. All <laughs> oh, it no. takes is a little push. <laughs> you want to hear yeah, a joke? Dance on the right uh, steps. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. wait. I'm sorry. I'm Who back. Hello. It was his laugh. He's. he's we, we're, we're having a good time. We're we're having a good time. We're we're going way off topic. That this is what makes a podcast good. You never listen to the Chapo episodes where everything's boring. It's always when they go off topic when it gets good. You, I want to talk about do you Pan Arrow know, Furries. Do you want to know how this 11-inch bad dragon dildo got in my ass? My father <laughs> bad dragon. was a madman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I have a question. Uh, hands raised. <laughs> Why do you know the dimensions? Well, wait, you don't wait, you don't methodically count the inches as like a as like a high score table? Okay, here's the thing is you Wait, you can feel the inches from inside. How? I have a little uh little um permanent marker like um ticks like a ruler in the inside of my um lower intestine. Uh nice. Okay. How <laughs> What? <laughs> God, God, he's that mechanically doesn't work. No, it he's absolutely being... does. Listen, it's very, wait, wait, hold on. This is very simple, okay? I care a lot about this. I'm very deeply passionate about this, okay? We're debuting this topic right now, okay? All you have to do, okay, is you have to use a compass, the kind that you use in school to um, to draw circles. You've got, like, the sharp point that you in the paper, and then you program. Okay, all you have to do, okay, is you have to mark off... Um, uh, uh, inches on the length of it, and then you insert it into your rectum and prick the inside of your body every inch. So then, when you're oh, using so you can a dildo, feel it go across the scar. Yeah, and then when you use a dildo, you think like, okay, one prick of pain, two prick of pain, five pricks of pain, and each one denotes an inch because you're agitating mm. the previous injury. It's a very effective way. There we go. I hate this. Hold on. I... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be right back. I need to use the restroom, but we've had a good talk. This, this is going longer than our usual podcasts go. We usually like to keep it around an hour, but uh, oh god, I, I, I got a lot hey, of Democratic Confederate. I, I I like these more free form discussions, anyways. So it, plus, it, it helps with the fact that like I don't I'm not gonna be editing all this, and I don't have to take out how many times Cardin hits a bong. I have I literally done it yet. You have not. I have literally been able to, um, in audacity, identify when she hits a bong by like the look of the um, sound waves. It's like the Matrix. You don't. You you just see. You everyone else just sees green numbers. You you just see blonde, brunette, redhead, bong hit. You know. Mm, there we go. There um, we go. Yeah. Wait. I've got. Wait. When you get back. When you get back. I got the hard ass. Okay. We have to talk about my 
questions on furry democratic and federalism. Okay, this is very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Zulu yeah, Kathy, gonna miss that one. Yeah, it's fucking rush on over. Let them blast the piss out. Get it over with as quickly as possible. <laughs> Zulu Kathy, you feeling all right? Yeah. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. How do you feel about democratic and federalism? It looks pretty neat. That's what I'm talking about. Fuck yeah. Uh, the wording in the uh, whole document is a bit different than what I'm used to, like vocabulary-wise. So I've had to do a bit of uh, thinking over it. I kind of wish I'd read this, you know, like a month ago before talking about it instead of a day because it needs time to mull over. Yeah, sorry. I think I think my presence here kind of shot any possibility of there being a serious discussion of the um, of the contents of the article. So I apologize you know, for that. That's actually really relieving because I was like all serious and shit, and I was like, "Oh shit, we're getting involved with another podcaster, and we're reading this uh, new essay. What the hell is going? We're doing so much stuff, and it's just like." Yeah, we're doing it up. Listen, it was intense. I love the audience work too. I, it's way I have way more fun chatting it up when there's folks watching. Um, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, sorry. This creature has requested gentle pan pats for how long? Until one of us perishes. Yeah, without a time length specified, that is an extremely um, that is an extremely ambiguous request. A life well spent. It's basically when your pet, you know, wants you to pet them. You don't know. What if they want to be pet until you die? What if they want your hand to cramp and your wrist to splint as they as you pet them? Oh, I need a opener for that. Yes. If I recall correctly, Vosh is not a furry. Okay, guys, listen. I'm not a furry. Wait. I don't even know what the fuck it means to be a furry, okay? I've had people who say they're furries, and all they do all is, right. like, they jerk off to furry porn. And I've seen people who go in fursuits and go to cons and actually have a fursona that they draw online as a representation of their own person. So okay, I, there's such so a broad spectrum. You could literally just have any one thing that qualifies you as a furry. Um... I mean, in, literally, the only thing is, like, to be a furry is uh, you just say you're a furry, and you're pretty much a furry. Cool. That's, I mean, that's, about, that's how identity do. works. Listen, here's my hot, here's my hot fucking take. Okay, we've all seen, we've all seen Zootopia, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you, by really quickly, have you seen Beastars? It's an anime running this season. It's really good so far. I don't know. I, I have not seen Beastars, but I have seen um, Agrisuko, which is actually oh, also gotcha. very woke. But anyways, yeah, because Agretsuko is proletariat the anime. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, if you don't come out of that a socialist, I don't know what you were watching. Oh, literally, um, literally, Todano talks about <clears throat> fucking cat modern capitalism. What a hero! I love I, I, I cannot overstate how much you guys I should check out B Stars. Okay, I n duly noted. I, I I wrote it down in my brain. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. It's CG animated. Um, it's all, it's all anthropomorphic furry stuff. You know, mouse tiny, lion big. Um, but it's really good and gripping. Whatever the case. Fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is one of those like little people get used as like a sleeve kind of situations. You know how it'd be. Whatever the case may be. I don't here's... know why you know how it'd be. That's kind of disturbing. Whoa! <laughs> Actual kink shaming live on air to an audience. Pardon. Canceled you're, you're again. Oh. Um. Oh no. In a furry society, listen, in a Zootopian society, 
like furries, anthropomorphized, walking around, different style, whatever. How would you be able to ensure uh, commonality and peace amongst the, the carnivorous and herbivorous masses without the authority of a state to impose strict discipline and threat of violence upon people who prey on one another? How could you possibly reconcile the values of anarchism with the fact that different species are actually genuinely different from one another in a way that would make race realists like lose their shit? That's oh, true. Um, but I mean, um, like one of the things with... Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, one of the things with like Judy, like for instance, that whole movie is all about trying to break down like stereotypes, really, because Judy's, you know, she's small and she is a a rabbit hanging out with a lot of predators, and um, she kind she proves herself because she's just oh. she proves herself as a cop. I mean, let's be real, Judy is a class traitor, but uh, well, well, we won't go into that. But in, in a sense, one of the things is is that. Even though there is physical differences, the it's the social implications are still constructed. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's still that all these things that they th that they think they think they know true and that are true to a certain extent do not define them. In this sense, you must be transhumanist. You got to transcend the idea of um, you know dividing people by their differences because that's what capitalism se seeks to do just completely divide everyone so you can market to them that's what they want to do they need just everyone in the neat little boxes i want to interject real quick. um mm -hmm. uh, the fourth of us uh gecko is in the stream collins oh bring him in. Bring him in. Sick. they're uh they're fi long united anarchists something something yeah, yeah. gotcha moving them over I don't know, dude. The skull shapes are actually different for animals. Like, there's an actual... Hello, Phylong or Gecko. How you doing? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Well, yeah, and, you know, just some species you know, learn better than others. Yeah, yeah, Gecko, we got a, um, a echo on your recording, so you might want to... Uh, I think I fixed it, because I, 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 I have the live recording open. Uh, I think I fixed it. Alright. We're talking about Zootopia right now, and... Um, how it it confirms race realism, I guess. Well, well, I, well. The only thing I mean to say is like, okay, like, so obviously, like personally, I I'm committed to equality as a principle, even oh, if it I, was, I know. I, even if we're like human, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if human beings were all completely different from one another, even if there was like this glorious race realist, like, oh, actually, the fairer complexions first better in the creative departments or whatever shit like that. I would still advocate people should be treated the same. Fuck that. We're all human beings, okay? And I would say the same in an animal world. But I have to say man like the 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 we have extrapolated so much indiscriminate hatred against certain like genders and races because of very 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 minor completely like phenotypical physiological differences the difference between how like doe and mice would be treated like in a furry world oh my god like I, I feel I feel like it wouldn't be like the Zootopia we're all getting along kind of thing. I'm thinking like brutal ghettos and slums and slave-driven labor. I mean, that's almost like how... D &D, but in terms of the lore, there is a lot of uh, societal stratification by species. And I mean, this is D&D, so the, you know, the morphological differences aren't even all that pronounced compared to something like in Zootopia, but there would absolutely fucking be a caste system. But they, but even in the movie, they even specifically point out how a lot of these animals are ghettoized. I mean, look at when, um, 
when she when she was chasing the the villain through the the small the small mice village like you could see oh, that yeah. they're literally sectioned off in their own areas and you even have um oh, you yeah, have like the actual like, biomes yeah. yeah no the actual biomes are entirely segregated from each other well the, so that, that makes diff that does make a lot of sense though and I mean, but it's still, it's but it's still modeling engineering. It yeah. also means mice would be limited to intellectual labor, and the larger animals would be the ones doing physical labor, because nobody wants a mouse construction worker. I feel like there'd be a lot of really weird stratification that'd be like super uncomfortable when you get past the um the there superficiality. Vash, what you're talking about is like um the society from I don't know if you mouse like that that um Mouse. graphic novel Mouse. Mouse. M A U S. Oh yeah, the, the 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 comic that basically was like, oh hey, I'm gonna make, you know, a World War II, uh, story with, with all of the Jews being mice and all of the, the Nazis being other, uh, I think animal I've heard of it. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. even realize there's no there's no interbreeding. A a a, a lion and a, a a deer can't produce children. If you're okay, pair, so if you want to be able to produce children, you literally have to stick to your own race. Well, oh, that, this is this is where the anthropomorphism comes in. The thing is, you have to realize they're humans, oh, so, so therefore, most like most of their things are just aesthetic. Are okay, aesthetics. all right, I can accept that. True. Wait, wait, hold up. Wait, what? What was the question? Oh, wait, was that about Zootopia or about furries as a whole? I'm imagining like Zootopia type anthropomorphized society where you know people are walking on two feet, but there's still pretty strong physiological differences between the species. But they, but they still have that they don't have interbreeding. Anyone. They don't have interbreeding, but they do have intersexual, interspecial sexual relations, because it's it's heavily implied that you know Judy and uh, Farge. I always forget the Nick. The, 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 yeah, Nick. Yeah. They like they they go on and do you know sexual things afterwards. It's it's heavily implied. Oh yeah, I've seen the comics too. And Judy's a <laughs> slut. I mean, it's not just Nick either. Judy's fucking the entire department. I've seen the comics, bro. It's happening. But no, no, oh, it, it's heavily implied that they are they are having sexual 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 relations you know, interspecial, but they don't actually, they can't breed. You're right. I mean, unless there's some kind of weird genetic, you know, science going on that they are more, they're basically using CRISPR to make, you know, weird amalgamations of these species. I like how you mentioned they CRISPR. We talked about rabbits. that earlier. Yeah. But, itty bitty like, like like, boat. The, the thing is, is like, uh, from, from a pragmatic sense, the reason why they, they can all fuck is because they're all partially human. I, I mean, mean that's, that's the reason. I, I don't believe all... it. But you know, now I'm just thinking about this. Where are all the marine animals? True. <laughs> True. In the water. But, but well, you also, what about, what about insects? What about bacteria? Bacteria for saunas. Okay, okay, listen. Okay, okay. okay. We're we going. All right, Mister Radical Thinker. Okay, back in the back in the bin. How how dare you? Well, no. There there are monocellular personas. Yeah, my 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 persona is an abimba. Um, I actually devour the dead skin off of uh the cheetahs of the of the world. So please respect me. I'm another I mean, perfect tardigrade. Oh God. <laughs> Well, that's that's the thing. It actually kind of gets down into why we can be kind of tribalist because humans like to interact with things that are similar. For instance, what, the what, the reason why people are so grossed out by insects is because they have more than uh, just one pair of eyes. Sometimes they'll have six, or they'll be like so weird and like have six legs. It'd be so crazy to be like, "Whoa, that thing is so weird." 
but okay, with but like mammals, with mammals, attack bomb like with anything, including these spiders and a fucking Roomba. I mean, I think in Zootopia there only are mammals. Are there yeah, any there's other? Only mammals. Can we all yeah. can we all just agree that people who fetishize and I'm sorry if I'm yum yucking here, but people who fetishize interests, the insects, that's 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 disgusting. I can, I hate it when I'm looking through the furry porn archives. Okay, I hate it when I'm browsing through and I see you know okay dogs, way cool and lions. So all right, I'm gonna cool. have to disagree with you. That's having fun, and then I see like a gigantic like 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 uh, like caterpillar or like cricket, and I'm like. What? Exactly. Are we... Okay, no, so I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. But wait, imagine something. imagine the kinky shit you can do with a spider's web hole. <laughs> <laughs> True. The, I mean, it's base, It's basically an extra pussy. If you're in the I mean, bondage of play and you're a spider, oh man. thing you've ever said. <laughs> I think the worst. Um, I think the worst part about this is my parents will eventually listen to this. Uh oh. Well, well, the funny. Well, the funny part is spiders are probably the most fetishized insects. Spider girls, like when you have the when they Whoa. have the big uh, uh, abdomen, but then like the human torso and the big boobies and stuff. This is a fairly common like furry esque trope there. That's a bit of an anime thing. But but there. but also, True, yeah. Hosh, spiders are not insects; they're arachnids. True, true, true. Bosh, this this is arachnid erasure. How dare you? True, true. Uh, according to a poll, one third of the people in my chat are bug fuckers. <laughs> hey, sol solidarity with the bug fuckers. You know, as long as it's consensual. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Bingo. Yeah, Harkness test, right? Actually, that's the that's the most important thing about the furry fandom. You're gonna need to know is the Harkness test. What? Yeah, well, the thing is, the thing no, is, no, like, the, the furry fandom does bring up like there are issues of like consent where it's like, oh man, I'm gonna go fuck my dog. My dog can consent, but it goes down like even further than that because what ends up happening is people people don't really fully realize like what consent is because like with a dog, right? The dog is basically like a five year old child. Innocence and five-year-olds, we all agree, cannot consent. I'm glad we all came here ready to discuss the ethics of bestiality. Everyone, get out your philosophy textbooks. We're in my realm now. Okay, I hope everyone's hey, got can... three free hours. Bosh, to... <laughs> I'm a giant nerd. How dare you? I didn't... no. I think I live... this is one of those conversations that is generally worth, you know, having in the furry community because, like, Jesus. shit's been getting really weird. Like, if you've ever looked at any furries, beware shit or like, um. Spicy furry takes. No, no there is a there's a zoophile podcast. Like there's a bestiality podcast where I'm they talk sorry. about how they're discriminated against. And I'm like, I mean, to be fair, yeah. they are. The question is, but is it justified? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's oh, like, well, all right. Can, can we can we actually be real real for a second and yeah. say that the only just the only part of the furry fandom that is justifiably discriminated against are Therians? Therians. What? Oh God. Wait. Therians. Yeah. Oh my I forgot what those are. Wait, there's, there's, other kin? I, yeah, other kin. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, other kin. Oh, okay. Listen. True! There, other kin <laughs> rights, I guess. Hey, I don't mind them. Listen. So, someone said earlier in the chat intersex rights. I'm going to say intersex rights. True. Intersex rights. Here's my hot take. Okay. Recorded for publicly. Probably not a good idea to fuck animals. 
Yeah, probably not. The closest we can get, listen, everyone can agree on this, okay? The closest we can get to fucking animals in an ethical sense is when horse girls, you know what I'm talking about, the crazy types, the rich ones, the jockey types, um, ride and they get they just grind their crotch against the saddle and every time it bucks, it's like it's like the the, the waves of pleasure course through their body. That's uh that's where we begin and end. Um, uh, past that, you know, we're we're getting we're getting pretty dicey. Okay, so that beginning point was already very confusing. What horse horse girl? You you know that one? The girls I, who ride horses. Yeah, you know the girls that like horses and Wait, they really. Have like... you never met a horse girl? Probably what? not. It's like an anime thing. No, 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 no. 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 no it's not it's, a it's a sub, horse girl. It's a it's like they're oh, like okay. they're like preppy. They tend to be preppy white girls from from upper middle upper middle class backgrounds, and they tend oh. to have horses as a pet, which is very expensive. And they ride the horse because what the fuck else do you do with horses? I guess. And you ride the horse, and they tend to be really weirdly fixated. It's like a trope. Like if you're on Tinder oh. and you see pictures of a girl on a horse, you you swipe left on that shit because for some reason I don't know if there's like an intra horse human disease that infects the brain. Something about these people something about these people sets hey, them off well they're weirdly obsessed Didn't about the aesthetics of things about that yeah. uh previously towards the beginning i don't i don't to not know. fuck animals yeah don't fuck animals um, yeah don't yeah. do it. i i i think it's fair to say that is a very good position to have to say don't fuck animals that's the I one mean, thing I've me. learned from my ethics class. No, unless, of course, <laughs> the animals. one lesson I took home. <laughs> I'm going to be weird. Fucking animals, and... ethically bad. Anyway, hit it up, Card. I'm going to have the weirdest take on this, unless they can demonstrate sapience and, um, true. you know, understanding and all that. Basically, if it passes the Harkness test, go to town. Oh, true. That's Whoa, actually... if a horse started talking to me, absolutely, we're talking fair game right there. Of course. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, I mean, but the problem I is, five year old can stop. Like saying something, you know? Five year olds can still talk. Yeah. <laughs> five year olds can't consent. Don't, we're not making this argument. Okay, Uh-oh. listen, sorry. We, we don't have any end caps in here. So it, it's fair to say that consent begins and ends with the ability to understand what it means to consent when the when the horse talks but it opens its mouth and says ah you can touch my pee pee if you want Uh oh Um, (laughs) that's that's what that's what freaks me out about people who talk about like people who talk about how dogs can consent and stuff like that like they don't like dogs don't have the mentality to oh but they mounted me they mounted Uh, no 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 stop no they can't they can't Someone in chat said it. Animals can't give enthusiastic informed <laughs> consent. Shira Lynn, very true. Oh, guys, I, I think mean, we broke What is that <laughs> without enthusiastic informed consent? Fucking boring. Oh, what, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think we broke Vosh, guys. Good. No, it's just fun. It's just funny. Everyone says furries aren't zoophiles. Every time I talk to furries, we get here. I'm just... Well, it's a well, good ethical discussion because there are zoophiles. There are zoophiles in the community. I know. I know. I know. I'm not. There is a huge pushback against zoophiles. In fact, there is like. I was I was specifically engaged with a group that went around and found zoophile groups and was like, no, we're getting you sent to jail. Go fuck yourself. Oh uh, yeah. My well, only Well that's the thing about like self policing, the furry community, if we're talking about like in relation to anarchism, one of the things that it fits really well is the idea of self policing. We've gotten so much better at policing ourselves and that kind of doing things like that. It's oh, insane. God. I remember when yeah. I first joined the furry community, there was no policing at all. And that was like seven years ago. Like, 
Well, yeah. that's that's the thing. We're start we're starting to like like, this like kind have of kicked a, off a genuine when, solidarity. Well, I think this kind of self policing kind of started kicking off right around when Ink Bunny became a thing because it was like, oh, okay, mm. there's a nice alternative to uh, <laughs> what's, what, what's, Ink, what's Ink Okay, Bunny? so Ink, Ink Bunny, Bunny was is where all the uh, cub furries fled to when oh, Pro Infinity went and banned all that content, and it's basically become this like really weird, creepy. Hello, playground kind of fucking website. Cub furries are exactly along the same lines as Lolicons, and they both need to go to fu- go. Oh wait, cub for okay. Wait, yeah, the, the name makes sense to me now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like at the end it's of the key, day, it, at, at the it, end of the day, like it's obvious that like one of the reasons people get into furries is because of a fascination with the aesthetics of being an animal. Obviously, oh, like yeah. that's clearly yes. the case, and it's obvious that that's probably going to demark itself at least in some people in like a in like a cautious interest in the aesthetics of zoophilia. But the difference between like expressing that interest or like satiating it with like anthropomorphization which is like 99% of furry porn with the with it's just got like the cheetah head and like a bumpy cock or whatever and actually Mm -hmm. engaging in zoophilia is is fucking enormous in fact i would be willing to bet the vast majority of zoophiles at least in the united states are not like furries or don't even know what furries are they're just fucking weird rural people you know well they should probably know what furries are because you know that that'll be like jesus for them you know yeah, no, they'd yeah. probably feel real, except or or wait, hold on, or a, I guess fucking lo, like lo, just like lonely girls who just like fuck the family dog. I don't know. Apparently, that's really common. Yeah, that was Whitney. That's Wisconsin. a horrifying. That's a very horrifying. Yeah, that's uh. Thanks for making me know that asshole. It's actually it's actually like seventy percent of all girls. I hated everything wait, that wait, you wait, say. Wait, are we going into the dumb incel dog pill shit? Dude, t- take the dog pill. You think, hey, fellas, you this can't get laid. You know who is getting laid? Fucking Bruno. 190 oh, pounds, big fucking dog dick. Not you can never have. Fucking like the Chad dog. Fucking girls left and right. Well, you're out there fucking t- t- quadruple texting Susan, trying to get fucking feet pics for $20, okay? I Bruno guess. is out there absolutely blasting, just demolishing these holes, okay? Oh, and Bru- Bruno, Bruno, not fucks nuts and then walks over to get the fucking kibble drags the girl along behind just fucking drags them by the knot it's fucking wild take the dog pill take the dog pill it's wake up so it's not a pill it's actually a pepper um if you've ever played corruption of champions is wait so hold on is bruno like the new chad yeah, Bruno is the Chad dog. Brown, he's got a jawline like crazy, big fucking big, big tongue. They love it. Just big, big fucking dog dick. And yeah, girls can't yeah, resist. Yeah. All right, cursed thought right here. Incel dogs. Thought, yeah. No, that's 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 what pretty much ninety percent of all domesticated dogs are. Incels. They're fucking incels. They look they look so stupid. Most dogs. They're stupid, wrinkly faces. I can't stand that shit. Oh god. Oh god. Uh so Gecko, you weren't here when we were talking about the serious shit. You came in with like the meme stuff, so Oh, but uh, that's the best. That's the best. Yeah, we missed uh where we're, we were talking about some kind of anarchism or democratic <laughs> um democratic yeah. confederalism shit. Got it. Oh, okay. So I guess we have to get back on topic, right? Only the <laughs> state no. can redistribute Stacy pussy to to human males after Bruno's had his fucking <laughs> oh, no. fell. That's, Wait, that's, like, that's, that's, 
Is that like that meme where like the in- where everybody's like making fun of the incel and Karl Marx comes by and it's like, we'll, we'll redistribute all all of the things that you need. And the guy looks up and goes, so you'll give me my state mandated girlfriend. And Marx is like, who the fuck are you? You're so fucking weird. Go away. In my version of the comic, Karl Marx says yes. And then they both do- like double tame a state mandated girlfriend again. Wow. I, thought, I thought it was going to be even steamier where he just says yes. And then uh, Marx dresses up like a girl and is like, I'll. Yes, and she takes like the that. fake beard off. <laughs> yeah. No, it leaves the beard on. Bearded women. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's an aesthetic, and I respect it. No, no, but, no. Uh, the new uh, aesthetic is the girls. Oh, God. Oh, hello, what? But, um... <laughs> So one of the things I, I wanted to say, like, Vosh, you were exactly right when it comes down to the aesthetics of it, because the reason why people anthropomorphize things is because it's, you know, people want interesting sexual experiences, but at the same time, you know, there's the problem of consent, like with, you know, with, a with, with say, a dog or something like that. So if you have that dog and say, well, what if that dog was able to enthusiastically and have informed consent? That's that's basically what uh, there would be. No, there would be no philosophical okay, argument cool. against it at that point. If we had like holodecks where we could just like fuck animals or whatever that are just like it's just like force fields and computers or whatever, there'd be no reason not to. I think. Wait, and that- I think getting past the degeneracy of it, I think that part of the reason we're alive is to broaden and uh, uh, diversify our experiences to the greatest possible extent to live meaningful lives where we can experience everything the world has to offer us. Sometimes some of the things that we might be interested in trying are barred off due to ethical reasons. If you can find ways to circumnavigate those ethical problems, then I don't see any problem with continuing with it. I have no, like, uh, I, I don't have any problem with the concept of, like, pleasure-seeking or hedonism. What? Wait, is yeah. it, so is that, like, is that like those hentai comics where, like, the guy goes over to this girl's house that he, that he really likes, but her cat automatically turns into, like, this enthusiastically consenting girl. And it's just like, well, I'm having sex with an animal, but it, it's actually an, a woman, so I guess that's okay. I mean, that's a really old uh, story, and dear God, at least nowadays it's, like, more consensual, because that kind of story in the past has usually involved some form of blackmail. People, wait, people have wanted to fuck animals for ages. Look at the fucking Greek stories. Holy shit. These people were fucking their sheep day in and day out. They were so obsessed with it, they had to invent stories of their gods doing it too, so they didn't feel so weird about it. Like these- Oh my god. The fucking deuce meme where he just turns into whatever animal that just happens to be moving along, you know, he just fucks whatever one. Giving them the corkscrew. The classic. The, 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 the minotaur as well. But also, my favorite response to a Paul Joseph... That. Okay, so my favorite response to a Paul Joseph Watson uh, tweet was talking about something, you know, he's doing his usual thing, talking about like how Greeks were so great. And someone posted a picture of like a vase where it was like three dudes, like one, like the dude was getting planked, like he was getting fucked in the ass and sucking a dick at the same time. And someone <laughs> depicted it on a vase. And it was just... Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what this one is, oh my god. <laughs> So they got like a little Eiffel Tower going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my the gr- god. The, the, the Greeks, you know, they knew how to party. How many years, like a few thousand years before the Eiffel Tower was invented? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. And back then they didn't have a name for it. They were like, this is this position fucking rocks. That, did... <laughs> yeah. I hope someone comes up with a name for it one day. I hope there's a metaphor for this in the future. I bet that on flying cars. Or probably flying horseless chariots. Yeah. Okay. This is like, a, that's like the 50s style, like, retro, where it's like, everything's new and cool, but it's all, like, in a 50s aesthetic. Like, uh, like, like the Jetson. Like, Honestly, where I would like, appreciate the 50s aesthetic. 
yeah, there's something cool about the retro futurism. I, I think I think if we're being honest, nobody actually appreciates the fifties aesthetic. They just appreciate the the cleanliness aesthetic where everybody's like wearing suits and dresses and things like that. Nobody actually appreciates the specifically fifties aesthetic where they're, you know, throwing blacks into jail because they happen to sit on the wrong sp spot on the bus. Well, like, no, yeah, no, the architecture good. aesthetic of it. The architecture. Sorry, I will I say, I will, I will say one thing. The two things that were really good about the 1950s, unironically, I think their car designs were really aesthetic. I stand oh, by yes. that. I know they're not as aerodynamic, so for fuel efficiency, today's better. But still, they were really pretty looking. For fuel also, efficiency, we were better in the 90s because, like, we came up with, like, the most fuel efficient what is it, <clears throat> Mustang ever in the 90s and then went back because it looked like a 70s car that way. <laughs> I mean, if people aren't going to buy it, then like, what's the point? And, and, and also, also, I have to say, I do have a fondness for swing dancing. I took some, um, I took some, um, Lindy Hop classes back when I was in college, um, some mm. East Coast swing and just the, like the boppity beats going on, you know what I mean? And, um, and it's coming back kind of now with electro swing. I kind of, I well, think I that, that like dance hall aesthetic has, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That dance hall aesthetic has like a, yeah. a, 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 a validity to it, you know? Honestly, I could really be convinced to, you know, get into swing and like do that. Originally, oh, my plan for other, learning how to other, dance was capoeira. The other good part oh, about the ship is the Wallace brothers, am I right? Got him. True! I love overthrowing governments. I like that. That tastes delicious. I, I remember I was, I, was, I was reading a book the other day and I was like, I found CIA tried to do in uh, the Congo where they assassinated the uh, Marxist president. And it's just it's so depressing. Well, they just can. Well, we still have that though. I mean, oh we, yeah, we still we do. Have but... in Venezuela. They're, we're still trying to overthrow governments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chavez totally died of cancer, boys. Don't worry about it. I mean, let's let's let me let me stand Cuba for like five seconds and talk about how amazing Castro is. That he basically turned. Yeah, that he basically turned the person that was supposed to assassinate him against the very state that hired her <clears throat> and then married her. Well, well the th I think the what? biggest thing about Cuba is that like, you have to argue that like, that's a power move. People who are like, <laughs> who are like wealthy Cubans in Miami who are just like, oh man, Castro sucks. It's like, well, the alternative is Batista. And yeah. what you is say, Batista? what you will about Castro, he's not Batista. Well, and let, let's let me let me kind of throw some background in here. My grandfather's from Cuba, and he absolutely hated Castro. But let's also but let's also be real. He owned like fifty acres of estate. So Gosano, I see. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Also, like people also don't realize, like when you see Cubans in Miami, they're all white, and so people are like, oh yeah, Cubans are all right. No, Cuban. There's a lot of descendants of slaves in Cuba. The reason oh, yeah. why everyone is white in Miami is mostly because Cubans that escaped. Are actually, you know, God Vosh, what are you doing? I love Can you fucking focus? You're a professional, goddammit. I'm sorry. I see, we, I see some fern are shit. Are we actually professional? No, I'm not. We're, I'm not a professional. I, I don't think any of us are professionals, Zulu. Can you be a professional uh, talking? No. But, but yeah, so Cuba has. There's a. Race in Cuba is hugely interesting, and there's a lot of uh, history behind it. But, like, I think a lot of it's kind of fetishized because we like to think of Cubans as, like, white Miami people when the reality yeah. is that there's a lot of descendants of slaves there. They, yeah, they, just most actually... of them are still in Cuba. Yeah, well, exactly. There's, there's, this, there's this huge statue, uh, statue of Jesus as you come into the Havana port. And 
the the original creator yeah. of it basically melded all of the ethnicities of the habana into this into this jesus and it looks nothing like the white jesus that we see today nothing and it's, it's actually quite remarkable because it actually shows the diversity of cuba beyond the whole white grisano you know st staying out and hanging in miami yeah it's, well i mean also the fact that like the reason why we tend to think of that is because there was a legitimate propagandistic push by the u.s government to make sure that that is the image that we saw because that comes out of the 50s and the 60s racism yeah america racist come on i don't believe it actually vosh we're the real racist we've been conning you this whole time Holy wait shit. fuck wait earlier one of you said i wasn't racist does that mean i actually am racist no, you're a race realist against the, the mice um, because you want to uh, ghettoize them and think that they can't con perform construction work. True! So you're true. The race <laughs> Vosh canceled. We, we own the channel now. Get out. Damn. All right. I'll give you this month's earnings. <laughs> but so, Hello there. So are we going to talk about actual de democratic confederalism again? Uh, I don't know. How much, how, how much time do we have? Oh, we got... Uh, this is a long episode. Fuck it. Fuck it! Uh, we'll stay up. But, um, I've uh, probably got a little bit more, because after this I have work to do. Like uh, 20 uh, or yeah, so? Yeah. 20 minutes? 20 yeah, minutes. That's, that's, that's about it. That's about it. Right. But, um, yeah, so my <clears> question <throat> to you, um, Gecko, is... Uh, so what do you think about the article? Uh, we, I talked a little bit about Turkish history beforehand and kind of how it relates to, quote-unquote, the Kurdish question, but, yeah. The Kurdish question, actually the Jewish question in disguise. Well, literally, they stole that, that, that terminology from the Jewish question. They wanted to make it a very racialized thing and be like, ah, the Kur what do we do with the Kurds? Rather because than, they want like, to commit genocide, like that, they are yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally it's, it's we're go, we're creating we're creating you as a as a parallel to the Jews because we actually want to be Hitler and we want to commit mass genocide. But no, so um the article was actually really interesting because I felt like the first half of it was just like, hey, fuck the Turkish, not like the people but the government. Uh, fuck the Syrians, not the people with the government. And so we need to actually create a thing. And this is what, what it means to be a Kurd and what it means to be in Kurdistan. And then Okalan is basically like, so we need to create something that is democratic, that is not a neoliberal de democracy. Um, and, True. and basically create it to be entirely equal. He, ha he has his whole entire spiel about, you know, the, 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 making females more equal because everywhere else in the middle east the the culture is basically subjugating women and you can actually see this in modern day rojava by every single every single um part every single election has to have a male and a female representative has to like it is yeah, part they have of a separate process. women's council for one of their branches of government like ever like it's all mirrored by like one woman as well to, to like yep. counter um uh, previously established patri patriarchal like social structure. But yeah, that, that, that's kind of how you how you got to do it. That's what confederalism kind of <clears throat> is. Basically, trying to uh, take all the society's like hierarchy and flatten it. That's why it's anarchist in a sense. Oh, it's totally anarchist. Like reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so tying into uh, systems th anarchist systems theory that I'm not even sure why people don't talk about Okalon more often. Well, it's because of the Turkish state, but also um, 
he's classed as a terrorist, but what ended up happening is you attack a state asset, so like the military, the police, and whatnot, and then the Turkish state would go into the mountains and just kill any Kurd they saw. That's pretty much the Turkish Kurdish war. Hmm. I feel like modern problems require modern solutions. What if we just did some like Ben Shapiro thug life cringe compilations of Kurdish ethnic genocide and we can kind of get public opinion turned in favor of the Kurds that way, you know? It would be like um, uh, Erdogan, like, you know, you see like a bunch of um, YPG, like women like dead, you know, like burnt out with their bodies being piled up and then like it makes the air horn noise. I feel like if we put enough of these cringe compilations together, we could like own Erdogan and um, and maybe turn public opinion against him. Well, but you you have to make sure that you don't get demonetized by YouTube for that. True, so. you do need the ad bucks. You do need the oh, ad sure, bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just need to instead of actually contributing anything to Rojava, we need to raise awareness that Rojava exists and do nothing else. Just Rojava well, because right exists. Now, right now, they're actually trying to the Erdogan is actually trying to like assimilate Rojava, and the Rojavans, as far as I'm aware, are like yeah, you know, it kind of sucks, but at least we still go on existing. Well, no, he's, he's Bashar al-Assad is doing that because Turkey wouldn't assimilate him. Turkey would just kill him. Oh, um, was it was it was it Assad doing it? Okay, Assad. Yeah, they turned to Assad, and if Assad has a lot of issues with his government. I mean, let's be real. In our hearts, everyone's a Baathist, but that's a hot take. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and the anarchist podcast too. Oh God, everyone's succumbing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's falling to the Baathist flavor. Hey, listen, I get it. I understand. I took the Tito pill like three days ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still a Hwaxist. Uh, just spilled bunkers everywhere. Oh, God. Anarcho-monarchist. That's the enlightened enlightened centrism of anarchism. We just... Yeah, we everybody's gotta, a king. Every man a king. Huey Long gang. Let's go. <laughs> I've never spoken to an unironic anarcho-monarchist, but I do know... There are none. <laughs> I do know some unironic um, anarcho-fascists, and that's good, too. I know well, one of those. <clears throat> we know one guy that we like a lot. Oh, don't, don't, oh, no. No, no, I won't say his name. No, no, we're not uh, bringing up a friend, we're not bringing up friend, friend of the pod. Uh, you can stay out of this. Friend of the pod? That's the whole reason why we're doing this, though, because literally. He is literally the only reason. It's the hilarious part. Anyway, fight. Quick history of the pod. So the reason why we met in a tele about uh for reason anarchism and there was an and cap in there and uh we decided uh to do this podcast because we got so sick of hearing his shit that we were just like you know what let's do like let's read conquest of bread and like show this asshole and that's what happened well because it, it's also this, this huge thing that theory is kind of inaccessible to the majority of the working class and even some of the quote-unquote middle class which isn't a thing but that's another story because it's a lot of it is hidden behind a lot of jargon this academic jargon that pervades a lot of the theorists impenetrable yeah because, because let's let's even the 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 in the originator of communism that is supposed to be like the most the most equal society in the world and marx and engels they were fucking intel intelligentista like mm -hmm. they didn't have to work fucking marx was a drunkard like all they did all day was sit around and write books and jerk off well hey, Marx yeah. cannot confirm or deny that. You have no but evidence Marx's, that he no, died. They did two things. Write books and each other. Yeah, I ship it. Damn. <laughs> hey, Marx, Marx and his wife actually had a really good relationship. Like, reading some of their letters, like, Marx talking about, you know, 
after we rid the world of all this hierarchy, I just want to be with you and like frolic in the fields. And it was really cute. Okay, that's really weird because that's the type of thing I said to my partner. Well, I think it's cute. It's, 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 wait, it's, in, men were, in general, though, men were like fucking gayer back then, though. They'd say some weird ass shit to each other. You know, like my oh, heart God. Well, no, so, I was so, reading. So I was reading this like really bad, like reactionary <laughs> um, book on communism, and it was talking about. Um, like it, it mentioned those quotes and then it was like, see, Marx is really feminine in, in his wiles and how he was really doing things. It showed a disease of his mind. It was written by this fucking Mormon guy who from the FBI, but oh God. How hard, how hard would the praxis be if, well, um, if, if I mean, like letters came out and, and like Marx was trans? Okay. So here's oh the God. thing is it, it's not too far off because we tend to have a lot. We tend to agree with Marx a lot. Well, I mean, yeah, Marx kind of changed the game when it came to because before then you just had kind of like utopian socialism, and now you have like an actual theory and the dialectic well, and one. Well, even even in, in, even the anarchist tradition starts with Proudhon, which basically wrote alongside Marx and berated the fuck out of Marx for creating a and I quote, um, cult of personality. <laughs> I like that song. Oh God! I can't wait for Transmarks though. But, okay, hang on, I got you. But I, I do, I do want to make a. <laughs> hey, look, it's Bruno. Listen, wait, oh, really no. quickly. Can I just say, listen? Well, where would I post this if I, when I find it? I'm on the for. Hey, it's in my Discord uh, stream discussion channel. Listen, cool, cool. I'm on the, I'm on the fourth. I'm on the forefront, okay, of the anti-theory line of of libertarian socialists, okay, 100. I'm I'm out here. I believe, and I have always believed this very firmly. And people sometimes make fun of me for this belief, but it's something I genuinely believe in. Okay, this obsession with theory being the necessary cornerstone of leftist praxis is cancerous as fuck, and it's perpetuated. Oh, no, totally. It's perpetuated by people who aren't even academics, but who are sub-academics who want to LARP at being academics by pretending that they understand the nuances of books that were written by people that like with like six tiers of education problem. higher than them. So they it's misunderstand what the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's elitism, and it's incredibly condescending. And because they don't actually have the drive, or in many cases the intelligence which is fine, theory is really hard, to understand all of these concepts, they end up misunderstanding them and then repeating like half-baked misinformation to other people. All you need to do to do good leftist advocacy and good leftist praxis is to recognize on a basic level that capitalism is hurting the world, that it is good to foster equality, well-being, and camaraderie amongst people, and that this can be achieved in, among other ways, um, workplace and um, class solidarity amongst workers, and by seizing the means of production. And there's a whole bunch of really simple stuff you can get across in the course of a pamphlet over 15 minutes that, if understood well, would allow most people to be effective leftist advocates for the rest of their lives. The idea that theory is the be-all, end-all like book guard on what determines whether or not like your, the, your form of praxis is valid, I think this is an incredibly reductivist, elitist, cancerous, and counterproductive mentality that the left needs to move past. And also, we don't want that, you know, it's also I, a halting problem. Well, I, I actually totally agree with you, Vosh, but, but there's also, I kind of have a, a different take 
that that kind of counteracts, but you know, sits alongside because we need to understand theory to know what to do after the revolution, right? And then that's what that's one of the reasons that we started with conquest of bread because it's talking about what happens, what what do you do after everybody's on board with this leftist theory? What ha- what happens after we're all like, okay, let's just dismantle the government because if we don't sit down and have at least some part of the the leftist the leftists who are leading this I, I some kind of vanguard i don't know let's be leninists now um <laughs> if we don't have some kind of group that understands how to structure the society to be to counteract these measures that will lead back into the state lead back into capitalism we don't have some kind of group that is like okay this is how we can structure things and this is how we can actually build you know dual power then it just falls apart as soon as we have the revolution. And we well, just that that back. I that I so do not that I do not disagree with. But for, I feel like even that understanding can be simplified into truisms that um that that come from like the more academic or the more learned people, rather than mm-hmm. this expectation that absolutely everyone needs to be familiar with like the depths of capital. No, it, well, there yeah. should be a version of all these books that are that is just you know translated into a contemporary. English. Everything and then, and then, that you need to know in any of those books by a competent author could be summarized in twenty pages in plain eighth grade English. I believe yeah. this very firmly. And that's and that that's why true. I stand memes so hard because memes are basically the pamphlets of today. Because nobody's gonna sit down and let's let's be completely honest. Nobody's gonna sit down and read a fifteen page pamphlet about why the fuck capitalism sucks. They're gonna laugh at a fucking meme that's about some dude sitting around a fire with two other people in the in the class of, of society going, Yeah, at least we made our, our stockholders so much fucking money. Like yeah. that's what's going that's to hit when it becomes when you laugh at it. They're going to be able to connect with it and be like, "Wow, that's relatable to your life." Yes, and of course that comes with the caveat that memes can what? concepts and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's there is that caveat, but I think in general, what ends up the biggest thing is just that theory is not the be all end all theory is a tool we use to try and better uh make our praxis better it's a it's a tool that we use to try to understand um how to work with the world and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what what it is it's it's not it's not about um theory being the be all end all or it's like oh man uh uh like holding people at gunpoint and being like, ooh, I'll read this line of capital from memory. Do you know it? And then, like, if you don't, you're not a true leftist. You're not so a true leftist tough. unless you've read all four volumes of Das Kapital and understand them to the extent that you can read them back in the exact same lines that that they're written in. Have That's fun. Like, and it's, watch it's the just... anime. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's the same thing where it's like with woke school. It's like it's like a bastardization of leftism. Leftism is all about the lower classes coming together and forming a solidarity and rising up against the upper classes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and like with like woke schools and stuff like that, almost with them, it's more about the aesthetics of being woke rather than actually being woke. Wait, it's is this about, like? Are you talking about Idpol? Yeah. Well. Id poll is fine. My problem is with a lot of people who like the liberal version of id poll, which is just like don't have the aesthetics of racism, um, but you can don't don't like basically just be like oh race being racist is uh, uh, saying um, something that can be construed as racist rather than a societal structure that really affects people. And so liberalism, like yeah. So like the the, the whole fifty percent of CEOs need to be PRC women. 
Yes. Uh, 50% of, like, army um, generals to be women so we can bomb Yemenis. Yeah, there That's... are definitely, there are two types of idpol. There's the kind of idpol where you supplant, I like, ideas with identity, um, which is the bad liberal kind of idpol. Oh, it doesn't matter. Things don't need to be accepting or progressive. They just need to have given amount of woman or given amount of people of color. And then there's the... See Barack Obama. Right. And then there's the broader kind of idpol that everyone engages in, which is politics which are oriented around identity. White nationalism is literally idpol. Um, idpol is, is, is tangential, or sorry, not tangential is essential to intersectionality the concept of like hey maybe reparations would be a good idea because systemically black people are discriminated against that's all fine and well usually when people disparage it it's like the really fucking like uh like useless meandering larpy liberal stuff hey um we're coming up on the two hour mark here i'm gonna have to dip pretty soon do we want to hit with like a, a final true a final praxis more black we to to counteract redlining we should evict all of the gentrifiers and just put black people in those communities for free better idea housing's a human right yeah, yeah. sure yeah 1000 percent housing is a human right Wa having enough food and water is a human right there right. we go is that Damn. is that what we're settling on for the true i mean yeah, should we make true. it more woke yep. should we make it more woke no 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 that's fine we can settle with that true absolutely <laughs> Being a billionaire is a human right. There we go. True. <laughs> everyone, everyone feels weird, man. Everyone, I want to see some. I want to see some unhappy frogs in chat right now. <laughs> Quickly, everyone turn around. No more trues. No more trues. False. Not true. I, I, I will be honest. This is not the way I expected this stream right. to go, but it's almost good that it. Sorry, someone asked for this it. This has been fun. This has been very, very fun. I enjoyed yeah, it a lot. I'm glad I was actually able to make the last, last little bit here. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a lovely time, and I really appreciate you guys letting me on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you letting us on. This was interesting. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, we're trying to, like, you know, kind of grow and kind of do stuff, and, like, letting you, letting us on this platform has been really awesome. It's it's good praxis, Vosh, you see. Yes. I, I think, um, to kind of put forward this idea, I think one of the, our major end goals, not only for this podcast, but just as leftist furries, is to make an artist union in the furry community. I'm down I for that. think that they we need to have one. I am in favor of leftist ideology spreading through literally any social venue where it is possible for that to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, fashion. Yeah, so as as a as a, gang. as a finale, please, oh to the extent to which you are comfortable and able, shout yourselves out, shout your content out, and then make sure to email me afterwards to give me a link to everything specific that you would like linked alongside the video that I'll release of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I have a YouTube channel. It's called Confight. I'm um trying to. It's two A's instead of K A H N, but um. Yeah, I, I'm currently working on a video about furries. But also, if you want to see a really funny video, I went to a Cutco interview and intentionally bombed it by pretending to be a really weird furry and talking about sex all the time. That's a fun video. Wait, that's One of my best. Oh my god, that's that is the best video ever. But it's really a a, um, a mark against Cutco. So if you really like that shit, visit my channel. My channel is kind of a clusterfuck right now, but I'm trying to do things. I swear. Um, yeah, that's my shit. Nice. Um, so I guess I'll go next, because nobody else is talking. Um, so I'm just, I'm just a 
Feilong. I'm just a gecko that just shit posts all day. I have I have a Telegram channel. I guess that's Praxis Man. I don't know. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I got this podcast, but the, yeah, I, I I shit post all day. Uh, Polo. I'm Carden. I do commission work. Um, I have a FA page, Twitter, and all that. Um. Isn't it also, under Carbon Drake Rev, I believe? Yeah, I, I mean, I can send you the link if you need it uh, for linking purposes, because I'm not going to recite a Twitter thing on the thing. <laughs> oh my god. True! And Zulikath, do you have anything that you would like to shout out? Um, not a whole lot. You've been a very great host. Thank you so much. Oh, no, not at all. I'm just, listen, I didn't do the fucking reading, okay? Like with, like with college, I came unprepared. Um, I got, I, I have, I have a, a few memes. Leftist. I'm compensating. Okay, that's what I got. Hey, hey, hey. Right. Oh, one more thing yeah. I wanted to plug. <laughs> Speaking of not doing the reading, I also run a Warhammer Four cast that's leftist themed, Sig Marxism. Mm. It's kind of in, um, yeah, it, it's kind of in flux right now because we had some issues with one of our members. But don't worry about that. Um, what so, like, if you want to follow Sig Marxism and you want to uh, hear and uh like cool shit hey you should you should do that you know that's that that's the other podcast I love. we're trying we're doing some stuff there's also a good subreddit on that so if you like warhammer and you like leftism there's a sub for that i do i i like both of those things actually i used to play the I'm, tabletop I'm, game oh fuck I, I'm, I'm i'm trying to get into the tabletop game i'm sitting here with my thousand suns mini on my side and, are uh, you wait are you do you make at least two hundred thousand dollars a year don't get into that, that, don't get into the tabletop. <laughs> hey, 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 yeah, hey, hey. No, That's the reason why I started this podcast. Okay, I want to have enough. Spend it all on frivolous plastic. Okay. Well, listen, hey, listen. Godspeed. Get I'm those. A it's only money game. Listen, get those sprues somewhere. Okay, God, get them off eBay because, oh God, man, I remember when my first Lehman Rust. That was like a whole birthday gift back when I was in high school. I was like, Ma, mommy, like, thank you for this for these six ounces of plastic. I know, I know, the credit card took a big hit on this one. Oh boy. Oh God, I, I, I miss I those days though. though. I am more, even though I do have a thousand sun. Well, I've been playing more kill team, which is nice. It's kind of like a skirmish game. But as much as I love Zinch, my heart goes to Nurgle. Nurgle, baby. Fucking degenerate, you know? of course it does. That... Fucking degenerate. Hey, how dare you? I, true, I was... and it's true, true. It's not a Slanesh pick. I know, true. All right, <laughs> folks. I really, really appreciate the uh, the, the camaraderie. Um, I hope all of you have um, a, a phenomenal evening. And uh, I was delighted to have the opportunity to speak to all of you. Same to you. Same to you, man. Thank you so much. Okay. Cheers, camarade. Have yourselves a wonderful day, and best of luck with this project as it continues in the future. You're not the boss of me. Fair. <laughs> true! <laughs> and with that true, we depart. Farewell. Farewell. What nice people.
Oh, I forgot trans rights. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure I would have gotten a trans rights from that crowd. Um, uh, 